0: hello and welcome to what the bump my name is jennifer i am a labor and delivery nurse and a certified labor doula who is expecting my first baby this september this podcast is created to inform and empower every woman on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy join me here every monday at 9 a.m as we dive into all things prenatal birth postpartum and so much more so let's jump into today's episode In this episode, Maddie Siegel is coming on the podcast to share her birth story. Maddie gave birth to her son, Oliver, at a local birth center and had an unmedicated birth. Maddie talks about how she tried to induce her labor with dates and red raspberry leaf tea, and she talks a lot about postpartum and how she struggled with an anal fissure, low milk supply, and a colicky baby. Maddie's biggest tip for moms is to find a community because she could not have made it without them. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the podcast, Maddie. Thanks, Jennifer. Nice to be here. Yes. So starting off, tell me a little bit about yourself and your family.
1: Yeah, of course. So um, I live in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband, Frank, and my son, Oliver, who's three. Um, and he is a typical three-nager, um, as you can, you'll probably hear him in the background here and there. Um, so yeah, he's, he's great. And I had him at um, Baby & Co. Oh. in Charlotte um great experience um and yeah so we're we're a family of 3 and i'm, I'm actually pregnant and due september oh. 1st with um another boy so that's yeah. so exciting
0: so did you used to live in charlotte
1: i did okay yep. and okay. um i don't i don't know if you ever talk about helen on here but yes um, yes i love her <laughs> helen was my doula and i absolutely adore her I consider her to be, I'm sure she, everyone thinks this about her, but I think she's, I consider her to be like family or a friend, like a good friend. Yes. <laughs> just, um, she's just so amazing.
0: She is. Yeah. She, she is great. And that's awesome. You got to experience baby and co I know a lot of people might be wondering what that is. That is a birth center that used to be in downtown. We call it uptown, I guess if you're from Charlotte, but in that downtown area of Charlotte, and unfortunately they did shut down, I believe last year, gosh, it might've even been I think it almost might've been two years ago now, Um, but yes. So that's amazing that you got to experience baby and co and actually deliver there. Oh, it was such a magical experience. I have no experience with birth.
1: No experience with like anything, you know, I'm in a completely different industry and the experience there left me. I was like, should I go and be a midwife? I just (laughs) loved the women there and the whole vibe of it. And um, so, yeah, I'm actually going to be having my next baby at the Chapel Hill Women's Birth Center um, because I had such a positive experience. I was happy that Chapel Hill has one here um, for
0: us to use. Yes, that's amazing. And congratulations on your pregnancy. Thank you. So tell me about finding out you were pregnant with your first and what did you you said? Oliver, right? Oliver, Oliver. Yep. Tell me about finding out you're pregnant with Oliver.
1: Yeah. So, um, my husband and I kind of were like, let's start trying, um, you know, just really casual about it. Um, I was not ever like this woman who always wanted kids. I was kind of impartial to the whole experience really. Um, and so we, kind of started trying. And then we went on vacation and I was like, you know, I feel kind of weird. It was, we had been trying for a month and I was pregnant. I took a pregnancy test while we were on vacation in Seattle. I was like, oh my God. Like I was peeing and the line was showing. Oh, wow. (laughs) It was, I was like, well, I'm really pregnant. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) so I was like, darn, um, no more Seattle recreation for me um and uh but it was fine it was great and came back and um immediately booked an appointment at um baby and co and i i always kind of knew that if i was going to have a baby i really wanted to shoot for natural uh, my mom had three natural births and breastfed all of us and um but she had the easiest labors ever i was a six minute labor oh wow so i thought that would be the same way for me but Turns out, completely opposite. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I really wanted to go natural, so yeah. Immediately started reading all the books, Ina May's book, and yes. all of those, and learning about um, pregnancy and, um, you know, kind of how to do it naturally. So
0: yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And so, take me through your pregnancy, what it was like.
1: Yeah. Um, so. I had a little bit of morning sickness, kind of your traditional, um, first trimester, but my second trimester, um, I had something pretty different than I think a lot of women experience. I had, um, a really strong, um, I think they call it vasovagal response. Mm -hmm. Um, and my son, Oliver was head down the entire pregnancy, ready to exit. Um, (laughs) and he was sitting on that nerve. Mm -hmm. So I'm a really active person. I run like every day. In my second trimester, I could barely walk mm-hmm. uh, my dog. Like I couldn't, I couldn't walk more than, you know, a couple hundred feet without getting completely out of breath. Um, I fainted multiple times. i fainted oh, wow. on an airplane at one point um, by myself. <laughs> oh, I was
0: at work I'm sure people yeah. freaked out. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, they did. It was like, exactly like the movies. People are like,
0: is anyone a doctor? Oh. <laughs> There's a pregnant lady just
1: down in the aisle. Um, yeah, They're was... like, is she giving birth? <laughs> I, <don't... laughs> I know I was 28 weeks. So I was like big enough that I was showing. Um, I fainted <laughs> at the work trip. Um, it was awful. Um, and, you know, just kind of having that scary feeling of like, not really being able to go anywhere or trust my body to Take me places, you know, was um, pretty difficult, and I had really low blood pressure. I had the same problem has happened this time. My blood pressure has gotten lower, um, being pregnant. So um, actually, at one point it was um, eighty over forty um, when I had it taken, and they were like, mm. "Yeah, that doesn't help fainting for sure." <laughs> no, no, yes. Yeah, so the, the combo is just really not good, but yes. um, I made it through. And, um, it kind of subsided more in the third trimester. Okay. So it was really more of a second trimester symptom. Um, yeah, kind of, kind of interesting, but then the rest of my pregnancy was pretty good. Um, I was just so ready to get him out. Um, I went to 40 weeks and three days. Okay. And, um, at that point I was kind of trying everything, yes. um, <laughs> ate two pineapples
0: <laughs>
1: one night. And oh, wow. I'm pretty sure that's what induced the labor. <laughs>
0: Yeah, or it gave you some late, late onset of gestational diabetes. Who knows? (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Depending on how ripe. That's a lot. Two whole pineapples. Wow. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I was like, um, before I did castor oil, I was like, I'm gonna try the pineapple. Yeah, I think I would try that and all that.
0: Yeah. I think I would go for the, the pineapple before the castor oil, just cause you know, castor oil comes with some side effects that if you ever try it, you will know. And you know, you, you may get labor, but you also will for sure get some, uh, GI effects as well. So pineapple might be a little bit, a little bit nicer on you in the beginning.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I had plenty of GI effects in my labor, so I am glad yeah. I didn't take castor oil. Yeah. That would have been
0: another, you know, Two two things that would just make it even worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell me about your birth preferences or like what you were envisioning your birth. I know you said baby and co and you said unmedicated. Is there anything else that you were doing to prepare or to plan? Yeah, good question.
1: So I was going to a prenatal yoga class. That was wonderful. Um, and that w- I went probably well, maybe four times a week to that. Um, and then I was doing. I did the Bradley birth class, um, and that class I didn't get a lot out of the birthing techniques per se, but the community that I got from that was absolutely incredible. And I'm still friends with all those women. We have a chat thread where we still talk about problems and issues and things with our kids. And um, m- many of them have had their second child now, and um, one of them's also pregnant. So. I mean, really, I cannot recommend more to any other mother to join some kind of community if you can. Um, and I know it was really hard with COVID for people, um, cause we really got to meet in person and right. see each other's bellies grow. And, you know, it was just so great. Um, and we still have meetups with our kids. And so, yeah, I mean that, I think it was the biggest preparation for birth. Um, I was one of the last ones to you know, go through labor too. So I kind of got to see like each one, what happened with them. Um, And one of them actually, she delivered preterm at 35 weeks. Um, So 35 weeks all the way to like way overdue. And so we were all kind of in between um, different experiences and different outcomes. We all wanted natural
0: birth, but it didn't always happen for everybody. And um, so it was, it was really cool to be a part of that community. Yeah. And you said, and you mentioned Helen. So you were also planning on hiring a doula. What made you make that decision? I don't know
1: what made me make the decision to hire a doula. I think I, I was just so adamant and stubborn about having a natural birth. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the, um, the studies, they just say everyone, it just seems like your outcomes are better if you have a doula. And um, so I interviewed a couple and then when I met Helen, it was just like magic. I was like, Oh my God, she's amazing. And I remember, I think the thing that really got me with Helen is I told her, you know, I'm a really stubborn person. I was a, um, former gymnast, like athlete, like if I set my mind to it, I want to do it. Um, and Helen just looked at me and said, well, you're going to have the birth you want. We're going to make this happen. And I was like, (laughs) just her confidence and her, something about her aura, you know, she just has this like nature that's so lovely. Um, Yeah. And so immediately I was like, Frank, I don't care how much this lady costs. We have to hire her. (laughs) (laughs) And we left the meeting and he was like, I totally agree. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Yeah. And another thing that was important for us was that Frank got to be this main supporter and that the doula was helping him to know how to support me which I think is something that I think a, I, doulas talk about it, but I don't know that that's always what the community knows the doulas do. Right. Um, I think husbands would be so much more interested in it if they knew that that was what they got or partners, excuse me, um, would be so much more interested in have paying for doulas and, and recognizing the benefit of it if they knew that they got to kind of be the star of the show.
0: Yes. Yeah. I always tell that to people, like, we're not here to replace your partner or take over for your partner. We're here. We And we, you know, we do do that, especially when, if it's a long labor and the partner gets exhausted, like that is a good part of it is we are there to relieve them temporarily. But our main goal and point is to, is to empower and guide your main support person. So like for Helen, she was there to empower and guide your husband and show him different techniques and positions and almost be like, you know, kind of like a, a aunt on his shoulder, like whispering to him things that he could do to help you. Yes,
1: exactly. And she, it was exactly what she did. Um, and so my, my, you know, memory of birth is mostly him, but then little visions of Helen
0: yeah trickle in, you know? <laughs> yeah. So you said, you mentioned um, pineapple, you thought about the castor oil and then you said something about um, dates. So is that something that you also did in preparation for birth? Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, I, I had read that I should be eating dates. So I was eating tons of dates. I hated dates by the time I delivered. Um, and I was doing red raspberry leaf tea. Yes. Um, so those were kind of all the, and I don't even really know actually what dates are supposed to do. I know they're not supposed to, they just say it makes it a better labor, right? But there's yeah. not any- really,
0: it's something like in the, um, and I, you know, I'm blanking. yeah, it's like some, the amino acid profile or the, the nutrient profile in the dates. I think it's believed to like soften and ripen the cervix. Mm. And then, and usually they recommend you start that, um, usually like 35, 36 weeks. And it's a lot, it's like six to seven a day. Yeah. Um, it's, it's yeah. a lot of dates. And then the red raspberry leaf tea is thought to help like tone the uterine muscles and that kind of varies. Some people start that in the third trimester and then just really ramp up at the end. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the idea behind the dates is more like cervical ripening. And then the red raspberry leaf tea is more like uterine tone.
1: Well, that's good. It's, it's kind of nice to have in your mind what you're actually supposed, what the food is doing for your body. Yes. Um, cause I think maybe even the placebo effect of that helps it work. Right. Um, so I should have, I think it, maybe it would have been more effective if I had, um, known that. <laughs> but, um, but yes, yeah, so I was doing both of those and I don't really like tea either. So every day I was kind of just like sitting there at my desk, like bleh, right.
0: grinding through these two things that I, but yes. I did the seven every day. The, um, the seven dates? Seven dates. Yeah, Yeah. And the, and the red raspberry leaf tea by the end, I mean, I think some people recommend drinking and I don't know what you were told, but I think some people say like up to five at the end, five cups a day. It's a wow. lot.
1: Yeah, it is. A so,
0: lot. you know, and how are and you eating expensive. your, dates? that is true too. How did you eat your dates? I,
1: I just, if you could have seen me, I would have died laughing. I, I would just at the end of the, my husband would look at me like, you look miserable. I, at first started, you know, like making things with the dates and, you know, mixing nuts. And by the end, I was just like stuffing them in my mouth, just like, <laughs> so, Um, cause I just was so sick of it. And I was like, I can't make something else that's going to taste good at this point with dates in it because I don't like them. So, (laughs) um, but there are some good recipes. Um, and I even now make date balls for me and my son with just, we blend almond butter and dates and just make little balls and put chia seeds and they're a wonderful treat. Um, so maybe I'll do that for
0: this pregnancy. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So I tell some people like I, I love, I like dates now and I know that will probably change by the end of my pregnancy, but Right now I like them. And a good thing you can do is like cut them in half, put almond butter in them and then freeze them Um, and then put them in smoothies. That's the other thing I tell people, especially when you're getting towards the end and like you kind of get to the point like you were, where you're like, I hate these. This is so many throw them all in a smoothie, blend it up with like fruits and vegetables. And it kind of helps like mask, I think the flavor of them. Yeah. They're just so sweet. They, they are. That's the other thing. If you have gestational diabetes, skip this. <laughs> oh yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yes. So you're pregnant too? Yes, I am. I'm actually due September 20th. Oh
1: wow. We're almost <laughs> twins. Yes. We both get to go through the whole North Carolina summer. Yay. Yes.
0: I know. <laughs> Big throughout all August. I'm getting, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's going to be hot. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> all right. So tell me about going into labor.
1: Yeah. So my husband, I was three days late or late. What is a due date really, right? (laughs) Um, So call it a guest date. (laughs) According to my guest date, I was three days late. And um, I had all these other silly weird plans like that. I would watch Harry Potter while I was in early labor, um, which totally went out the window. Um, but my husband went on um, a mountain biking little like escapade with his friends and he was like should I go should I not and I was like just go because whatever you know and so he was gone he just went to the Whitewater Center in Charlotte for a few hours um, and immediately like after he left I was like oh actually this is I'm feeling some weird feelings I didn't have any Brexton Hicks, as far as I knew, I probably was having them, just didn't know. Um, so when I went into labor, it was like, oh, this is happening. Something's happening. Um, and so that was about 530. And by the time he got home, I, I called and was like, hey, I think you should come home. He hadn't been gone very long. Um, and he was like, OK, on my way. He got there and, you know, no time after that. By the time he was home, I was vomiting and mm. miserable. Uh, (laughs) I was sitting on the toilet, you know, coming out both ends, like really the vomiting was what really got me. I just could not stop throwing up. Mm. Um, and so we called Helen and and we were like, Hey, you know, or he called Helen and was like, Hey, she's throwing up a lot. Um, and it's, she, I wasn't having like a whole lot of contractions, but I was having something, you know, some sensation going on. Um, and she was like, okay, we'll get her in the bathtub and let's see if we can get her to relax and um, maybe just slow down a little bit, the whole process. Um, so he did, and, and she was going to wait a little bit to come. So um, I think she waited, it's, it's always a blur afterwards, but yes. um, I think she waited a few hours. Um, and then by the middle of the night, um, you know, like maybe midnight or one o'clock, Um, he called her again and was just like, you know, the, she's still throwing up. She's getting, I was just dry heaving at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, He's like, you know, she's just getting tired and throwing up and I I don't know what to do. So Helen came and she was there from about maybe two o'clock till early morning. So I think it was like maybe six AM, something like that. Um, And I was, then the contractions were really coming on strong, Um, you know, the thing that was helping me the most was just sitting in the bathtub. And then my husband would have like the, um, we had a wand and the, we had this cool little clawfoot bathtub. It was really cute actually. (laughs) Um, And um, it had like a wand with the shower head. So he would just put that on my belly and it just felt so good. Just sitting there with that running on my my belly. I don't know how long I sat like that, Um, but I was dry heaving that whole time um, still. So at some point, Helen was like, you know, I think we need to kind of, we probably need to bring her into the birth center. It seems like maybe she's getting close. So I think it was like maybe six or seven. um, We went over to the birth center and um, I, they have a picture of me actually. Um, I was outside the birth center, like on my hands and knees in a bathrobe (laughs) and we were leaving the house. Like I did, I wasn't even going to put on my clothes. And my husband was like, you have, we're going out on the street. Like you have
0: to wear clothes. <laughs> and, and baby and co is in downtown Charlotte, mind you. So yeah. I'm glad you got dressed. Yeah. He put a robe on me at least. Yeah. that's um, all But you- I did not
1: even, I was like, could not even see the neighbors. Like it was such a strange, surreal feeling that I think about it now, how you're almost like in a dreamlike state, Yes. Um, you know, and, and it's a good thing I think, because that's what helps you get through it. Um, labor land. Yeah. Labor land. It's so real. And so, yeah, I, I had not the care in the world. I was on my hands and knees. And I remember the midwife specifically, she opens the door and she goes, well, this mama's in labor. (laughs) I was like, yeah, can't stand up having a contraction. Hold on. Um, so they got me in and before they put me in a room, they just checked me and, um, I was only was six centimeters, but I was not very effaced. It wasn't thinned out. And so they were like, you know, we could admit you, but we're just, they just, they were like, I think you need to go back home. And I started crying. I was bawling so hard. I was like, please don't send me home. I, I, this needs to be progressing faster. Like, you know um, they were like, well, I think you need to rest. Cause I had thrown up so much and you know, I think they, they were just kind of needed me to just slow down. And I, maybe that was some of me, you know, like I'm wondering if maybe like, because I wanted it to come on so quickly and it did. And then I was, my adrenaline was up because I was throwing up. I don't know. But, um, so that was what they advised me and they gave me some, um, I think it was like heartburn medicine to make me sleep. Something with a Z, um, Supposed to make me go to sleep. Okay. It didn't work. <laughs> um, so we went back home. The car ride was terrible. Um, and they um tried to get me to go to sleep for a little while. I, I just kind of laid in the bed. My husband went to sleep, and I was kind of like kind of dozing in and out, but I really just was like, I can't sleep. So I got back up and was again just dry heaving, sitting on the toilet. And the only thing that really helped with all the labor was, um, he, my husband would push on my knees and that was a Helen. Helen told us to do that. Um, but just like basically just push really hard on my knees while I sat on the toilet during the contraction. Yeah. Um, and I remember at one point, um, he missed a contraction because he was on the phone with my mom <laughs> and he got off the phone. I was like, if you pick up that phone again, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) I was so mad. Um, and it wasn't like he was like watching a football game or something, you know, like he's coordinating with my mom. Um, but you know, in the middle of labor (laughs) can't help it. So I labored at home a little longer, a few more hours. And I think maybe by like at some point in the afternoon, um, they said to come back in because I was, I had still been dry heaving. I couldn't Take, I couldn't keep any water down and so they said you she needs an IV I think um and that was I really needed that badly um because I was starting to be delirious um my husband said I was saying stuff that didn't make any sense I was talking about being on a farm or something <laughs> like really out there maybe dehydrated for sure a little dehydrated yep and I do remember um when we got in the car to go back to baby and co Um, I kind of remember that car ride just being so like vivid, but dreamlike. Um, and we drove by where I knew my mom was, she was at a coffee shop and I was like, hi mom. (laughs) And, uh, my husband was like, yeah, you were loopy. Um, so yeah, we got back there. They gave me an IV and I was like, okay, I perked up, but I was still, you know, having really intense labor. And they checked me again and I was still only six. Oh, wow. I cried a lot. Um, but they were like, but you're much um, softer. So I think they were, I don't know if they were just trying to give me a win or if they real, if it really was a different difference. Right. Um, but just hear, you know, when I hear other people's birth stories and they talk about like not progressing, it is the most heartbreaking feeling ever. Yes. Um so defeating whenever you're like, Oh my God, I've gone another six hours with nothing. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, at that point, um, they were like, Hey, I, we think we need to break your water because they, you know, that they knew that would kind of just like get things going. Right. Um, and so they, I was like, yes, anything is, that works but at baby and co or any birth center or I I don't know if this is any birth center but I think most birth centers if they break your water and they see meconium you have to go to the hospital right yeah so I knew that there was kind of a chance but at that point I was kind of like you know what like I'm pretty desperate (laughs) um and I was afraid of breaking the water but it didn't hurt I didn't feel it I just you know she just I didn't even feel it at all it was just a gush of water um and they were like, okay, get ready. Um, So I think at that point it was like maybe three or four o'clock, something like that. Um,
0: I did get back in the tub.
1: Are you not supposed to after they
0: break your water? You can, you totally can. I think there's like a stigma behind people, like thinking it's quote unquote gross because you're, but I mean, like you're in a bathtub naked either way. So yeah. you totally can get back in the tub. I would, yeah. I, would, I would think, I mean, some providers might advise against it, um, but I've had plenty of moms get back in the tub after their waters broke. Okay, yeah, cause I, I, I
1: maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like I remember getting back in the tub. Um, and I tried laboring with like you pull on the bar and that didn't really work for me. It was really just toilet
0: labor mostly. <laughs> so after, the, after they broke your water, they admitted you, right?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And I got a room, I got a room, um, at that point. And there are these gorgeous big suites, you know, <laughs> with the big bed and everything. Um, so it was lovely. They said, everything's going to pick up. And, and the whole time, I think everybody was saying like, um, are you feeling it in your back or in your rectum? And I never felt that, um, you know, and, and so that was something where like the whole time I was wondering, like, "Is am I really in labor <laughs> I'm <definitely> in labor, <laughs> <Yes>. um, but <laughs> I don't know. I just, I think like I was kind of um, thrown off by what I was supposed to be feeling and I wasn't. And so I think, you know, that's something that I'm really cognizant of now is um, you could be feeling something very different than what just they're supposed to be feeling. Right. Um, never felt like it was going to come out of my butt. Like everybody says, <laughs> I just never felt that. Um, although ironically, I'll touch on this later, but I I'm dealing with, um, an anal fissure still from my birth oh, um, wow. so it's interesting that i didn't feel like it was gonna come out of that area even though right. i had trauma to the area <laughs> um, so anyway i um yeah so i i then s- labor started picking up a lot mm-hmm. and i think i labored another you know couple hours and um they checked me again and i was eight or nine It was getting there um, and so they were like you know here pretty soon you're gonna get you're gonna start pushing are you going to feel the urge to push? Never felt the urge to push. Wow. Yeah. Um until maybe the very very end, but I I really didn't it wasn't oh. like everybody says where you like feel like you're going to go to the bathroom and you're like I have to do this. Right. Um I didn't ever really feel that. Hmm. Um so once I got to 10, I think I it was probably like 6 in the evening or so, um I started pushing. And I pushed in a lot of different positions, hands and knees, squatting. Um, you know, and I don't remember this, but my husband says that he was like, You pooped all over that place.
0: Oh my
1: gosh. <laughs> He's like, it's really funny to think about now, but they were so good about cleaning it up. <laughs> <That's> so- <laughs> I was like all over the room, you know, like trying different positions. And he was like, Yeah, they just put a pad under you. And you would poop a little, and and they'd take it away, and nobody cares. Like, yeah, it was a wild ride. <laughs>
0: That's amazing, <laughs> but I don't remember it. Um, whatever, then.
1: <laughs> yeah, but two two things I do remember. First, um, at that point, you know, it was it was maybe right at transition or something. I remember in a, between a contraction, Helen was sitting in a rocking chair, and everyone was kind of just looking at me and I'm you know, squatting on the floor. And um, she said to somebody, um, you see that blue line on her back? And everybody's like, oh yeah, I see that. And she was like, that's, that's a sign that like she's in this stage of labor or something. It was like, I remember her like kind of educating people in the room. <laughs> and um, I remember just being like, interesting contraction, you know, like yes. <laughs> not able to really process it. Um, And I hated the monitoring on my belly because I was just like, oh my God, this is, you know, in the middle of everything else, like the last thing you want. But um, anyway, that was um, just like a a kind of vivid memory I have, which is funny. Um, But yeah, so then I moved to the bed and did some hands and knees pushing for a while. And then Helen was like, I think we should lay you on your back and have you push on your back. Um, and so I did that. I had my husband on one side holding my leg and arm, and then Helen on the other side holding my leg and arm. And about 20 minutes of that, um, it was that was very effective pushing. Mm. Um, I the same thing they always say, but like you know, pushing the head's coming out. It's not happening, you know, and and they're like you're getting so close and and then I'm like I'm really not because close would mean that the baby was coming out. <laughs> <laughs> you're like
0: you guys are lying to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I felt like. Yes. Um yeah, and I remember at one point being like when is this going to be over? And Helen was like whenever you push the baby out. <laughs> yep. And I was like <laughs> Um but that's true, you know. And they they don't know either. Yes. Um I can't remember if we did a mirror or not. I know I felt down there and it was kind of squishy and weird. Um, but I just remember getting so frustrated with like pushing, you feel a little of the head, it goes back in, pushing, mm-hmm. it goes back in. But I didn't push that long for a first time mom. Um, I think they said I pushed less than an hour total. Okay. Um, and he he just came it was Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when he came out, it was so anticlimactic. Um, I think that was what something that surprised me too is that- I kind of um, felt like it would be more like you'd feel a whole lot of it and it would um, be this big moment. But then all of a sudden they were just like, oh, he's out. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs>
1: and they just put him on you, you know? Yes. Um, then you're a mom. It's, yes. it's crazy.
0: <laughs> I think a lot of times too, when people say like they feel like maybe that moment was like more anticlimactic, like you said, a lot of that is also just like you know, I feel like after you labor for so long and like you said, you were vomiting for so long and it had been, you had been going through that since the night prior. I think sometimes it's almost like that delirium and exhaustion that kind of makes you feel like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and yeah, I agree. And, and my first words were, I did it
0: <laughs> rather than
1: like, let me see the baby or and, yeah, know, I was like, oh, I did that. <laughs> and then of course my next words were, I'm sorry thank you. You're wonderful. Uh, Like to every person I was like, I love you so much. Um, I couldn't say that before, but I then started apologizing to everybody and they were like, you're fine. You didn't do anything, (laughs) but I felt the need to do that.
0: Yeah. Every woman in labor, I always say like, you know, nothing can be held against you for what you say or do while you're in labor, because it's, I think it's normal to want to rip your partner's head off. Yeah. Like it it totally is. Well, I could see
1: that because there's, it's adrenaline and pain and all these things at one time.
0: And it's, you, it's just like, you, you feel like you want to take it out on something. And, um. <laughs> and they're the ones who got you pregnant. So you're like, yeah. I have, yeah. I have a lot of moms who will look at their, their spouse or significant other partner. And they will say like, you did this to me. Like I'm going mm-hmm. through this. And I'm like, no, she doesn't mean that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And I, I don't think I was, I think the only time I was really mean was when I yelled at them one time about the cell phone. Um, But for the most part, it was more just like, it's not me to be like ignoring people and not acknowledging them and thanking them for helping. And, you know, I think that's also like a a tendency of women in general is that we want to say thank you. And I'm sorry, you know, all the time. And um, so of course, that was what I did immediately. Like, I'm so sorry.
0: Yeah, that's hard to do while you're trying to like push it out of baby and labor. So you can just make up for it after. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah. So I think overall the whole thing took about 26 hours, like start at 530 to finish. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful for Helen because I know I would not have been able to do it without her naturally the way I wanted. Um, and the birth center, they were just amazing. Um, just, just incredible.
0: Yes. Yes. And so tell me about your postpartum experience and postpartum healing.
1: Yeah. Um, that was something also that was kind of shocking to me. I didn't realize it would be so long with the just bleeding, just general, lots of blood. Um, my mom came, which was wonderful and stayed with me for a while. And And I would encourage if you don't have family, like a, a postpartum doula, you got to have it. Um, yes. It just, it's just so different to have have heard that, I mean, my husband was great and he had paternity leave, but it's just something different about having that presence of like another woman who's been through it and can anticipate what I needed and that kind of thing. Um, so we spent a lot of time just staring at the baby and, um, you know, experiencing all of that. Um, so the first couple weeks were great. I was healing and I was, you know, of course, sore and everything that you would expect. Um, but I had a lot of trouble breastfeeding. I was not producing enough milk, um, and it wasn't very evident because I had a, I had a pediatrician who was it was just her for her practice, and um, she went on vacation when my son was two weeks old, oh, and she was like, "You can text me; it'll be fine," you know. And but she was on vacation for like three weeks or long. I don't even know how long it was a, too long. Um, And so it wasn't any fault of her own, but my son was really not doing well. Um, And I didn't know um, until it was pretty late. Um, And I went to a a group outing with um, friends of ours that were in the birth class that we were in, our little community. And I brought my son and one of the moms said, oh honey, your son is really skinny. I think you need to go see a lactation consultant. Um, And he was crying all the, he would cry all the time. Um, And he did have colic too, but um, he was hungry and I didn't know. Um, And I think that was really just because I I was missing that resource of someone who could kind of check up on him more frequently. Um, And now I know better to do weighted feeds, um, which I learned from the most amazing lactation consultant ever. Um so yeah I went to this lactation consultant I think he was about 5 or 6 weeks old and the lactation consultant was horrified. Oh. He had lost weight from his birth. Oh wow. He was very thin um and because I saw him every day I just didn't know and I was nursing I thought he was getting enough milk but he was only getting about half of what he needed. Mm. Um so I <laughs> of course had a mental breakdown like oh my god I've been starving my baby baby oh. didn't know. Um, and so she put me on this really insane, um, pumping regimen, um, to try to get me to up my milk supply. However, at six weeks, it's kind of difficult. They say that's kind of the, you want to get it before that six week mark, if you really want to up your supply. So I was taking every supplement known to man, trying everything. Um, and actually, um, fennel decreased my supply and I didn't know. So that was one thing that she took me off fennel. Um, and then, um, put me on a pumping regimen where I would nurse him, I think 10 times a day. And then I pumped 10 to 12, 12 times a day on top of nursing. Wow. So in the middle of the night, I pumped three times in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Um, and all those other times during the day, I mean, it was (sighs) wild. Um, and it didn't really work. So, um, I went back to her and um, I think I had increased my supply a little bit, but, um, we, we were already, we were supplementing at that point. So I found another mom who do, would donate breast milk to me. And she was an angel. She was in my group of friends, um, that I had. And so her son was almost the same age. Um, we ate the same kind of way we both eat plant-based. So it was, it could not have been a better situation. Um, and she was making an oversupply of milk. So she was our milk mama for about six months. This woman donated to my son. Wow. That's amazing. She's an angel. Yep. And she was making so much milk that she just, she was having problems other way. So it yes. worked out so well for us. Like I would go pick up from her and I mean, it was, I'll just forever be in debt to her. Um, Cause she really made it. So my son could be exclusively breastfed for six, for six months of his life um, which is something I I really wanted. And, um, yeah, yeah, so the, I had tried everything, um, with up in my milk supply. So I ended up trying the one last resort, which was the, um, the drug Domperidone, I think is what it's called. Um, which is not, I had to get it in Canada. (laughs) It's not um, approved in the U S. Um, and for a good reason, um, it ended up causing really severe diarrhea. And then I got a anal fissure, after that that I still have wow I'm dealing it yes so I see people in those like you know milk groups that are like I'm thinking about taking this and I'm always like oh gosh I don't I want to kind of advise you not to do that <laughs> yeah. because I was just so desperate and um you know it kind of took over my life like just being crazy about how could I increase my breast breast milk supply you know yeah. like and my son also had colic until he was about three months old. So he would, if he wasn't sleeping or eating, he was crying. Mm. Um, the only thing that worked was bouncing him on a ball. We would just sit on the big ball and bounce. Um, in my family, I remember my mom just saying, "I have never seen someone go through such a difficult ish time with a baby, you know." Um, but we made it through. After about three months, he, I, I think what it was is I, I took him to a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. And, um, they adjusted his cranial sacral, um, neck or whatever. And yeah. it, it was kind of like immediate relief for him. Oh, he stopped wow. crying and, um, yeah. So I've had some amazing angels along the way that have like really made things so much better for us, yeah. <laughs> you know, between Helen and the lactation consultant and then this chiropractor and, um, it just really had some wonderful assistance when it comes to things and and all all the things seem to be like magic, you know? Um, But yeah, so I, I, i retained a low breast milk supply the entire time. I fed my son for about a year, but I only produced ever half the supply. Um, So I had a a donor for six months and then we supplemented for the other six months with formula. And I had to just at some point let go and think to myself, you know, I have tried, every possible thing i could possibly try um and this isn't good for my mental health anymore right to keep doing this um so and that was my family kept telling me that but i just was i was so stubborn i wanted to stick with trying to figure it out Um, and so i think this time around it'll be much easier because now i know what to expect and if i have a low supply i'll just go with the flow and everything will be okay.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) Not the end of the world. No, it is not. And thank you for sharing all that. I know that low milk supply can definitely be something that is like really, not only is it physically hard because like you're physically, you know, trying to increase your supply and you're doing anything and taking any, I mean, you are feeding and pumping, upwards of 20 times a day total. I mean, physically yeah. that's dedication, but then also on the mental aspect of it, like you said, when you went to that first appointment, you were like, Oh my gosh, like I've been starving my child. And that is not true by any means, but mentally it's also really hard because you're like, why is my body not, you know, producing this? And, and it, I think just from the physical and mental aspect and mind you, you're postpartum. So like, yes, you know, you already have so much on the other side of just breastfeeding that physically and emotionally is happening that you know it it, it really is it, it really is a hard time and it's amazing that you were able to say like you you had so many angels along the way who you know a chiropractor who helped you with colic and and somebody who donated milk to you and an amazing lactation consultant i think you know when we say it takes a tribe it's so true like It really takes a tribe of women to just raise this one baby. Like you, this is just something you can't do alone. And, and you did harp on how important that community was to you. And, and you can just kind of see it play out through your story. Like how much that really was able to impact you and just kind of carry you through that time.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Everything I needed, it was, it was always, I would ask someone like, yeah, I I need this, you know, what advice do you have? Um, you know, just like seeking it so much and, um, yeah. Another thing that I, I, you know, I want other moms to know is that there's no shame in feeling depressed and being sad and having a rough time. Um, I had a, a a good friend who, um, told me, she was like, Hey, I have this friend who's a, a therapist and she works with postpartum moms. Do you want to talk to her? And I was like, well, okay. I don't think I have any issues, but I will. And, um, you know, in the conversation, she was so compassionate and lovely, this therapist. And she was just like, hey, you know, so it's possible that you could have postpartum depression and that's normal and, or, you know, just some symptoms of it. And I remember thinking like this moment of like, no, I don't, why would she say that? And, you know, getting kind of like um, upset about it and I ashamed and, um, but now looking back, I'm like, I definitely was feeling that way, was exhausted. I was working my tail off to try to make milk. My kid was crying constantly. Who wouldn't be miserable, <laughs> you know? And um, it, it's just funny to think that we have shame about mental health when it, it really it should just be something
0: where we can just say, hey, some therapy would be great right now, actually. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm a huge advocate for therapy. And especially when it comes like postpartum depression, thankfully there recently has been like such a light shined on it. I think, whereas it used to mm-hmm. like, people used to literally say like, that's not actually a thing. Like you're just tired. Like, you know, being postpartum doesn't cause depression. And it really used to be like a big stigma behind it. And thankfully that has subsided a lot, but it's very true. Like, yeah, like I, I, I think every postpartum mom needs counseling because it's rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it would help.
1: I think that's part of why we keep those friend groups, right? So you can kind of like, it's like counseling
0: to each other. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, yeah. And one thing that I think wasn't good for me was um, one of the other moms in my little community, with like immediately got fit right after having her baby, and like everything was perfect for her. And I just remember compare. I just compared myself yes. to her constantly. And I was like, oh my God, our kids sleep through the night. She's got pictures of her on Instagram doing yoga, like six weeks postpartum. And she looks amazing. And I, of course, did not lose weight right away and um, couldn't exercise very easily and stuff. And I was just <laughs> so frustrated with that. Um, but I think some of that is also just societal pressure um, that we yes. other it's it's like this, um, this race that somehow people put in, in this like, um, pressure that celebrities are like automatically fit again and isn't she wonderful for doing that well wait a minute is she is that a good thing that she
0: yeah and you know how much (laughs) money she has spending I I bet she's not waking up and feeding that baby or you know what I mean so that it is very easy to compare especially when you look at things like that because you're seeing like a highlight reel of of other people and it is society I totally agree it's like a race postpartum to see who can get in the best shape first and whose baby can sleep through the night and who can exclusively breastfeed the longest. It's sad that it's like that, but but I I totally, I totally agree. And, you know, that's what makes pregnancy and birth and postpartum so beautiful is that it's unique. If everybody's birth stories and birth journeys were the same, then, you know, it it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a journey because it would just, you'd know exactly A B C D E F G how it was going to go. And we don't. And that's what, I think makes people's stories and experiences unique and beautiful. That's so well said and true. And, and remembering that as a mom,
1: I think is also helpful too. It carries over to motherhood Yes, where your kid, if your kid doesn't potty train first or walk first or what, I mean, it's, you're always going to compare yourself. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it, at some point you just got to let go and be like, Hey, you know what? I'm doing my best. Yep. My kid is fine. <laughs> uh I think we're going to be okay. <laughs>
0: yes. Everybody's alive, pink and breathing. Yep. You yep. won. <laughs>
1: yep, exactly.
0: Yep. All right, yep. Maddie. So tell me your top two tips or bits of advice for new moms or soon to be moms. Oh gosh. Um,
1: top two tips. Okay. Number one, find community in some way, if you can. Um, however, that might be uh, join it, join even just like a Facebook support group or something. Um, try to find some community with other like-minded women. The mom, I, the mom tribe, I hate to use the word tribe, like the mom community, like other mothers are so lovely. Um, that's been something that's just been amazing. Just other women who have children, they get it and they want to help. Yes. So, and accepting the help is hard to do, but if someone's offering to help, they really want to help mm-hmm. and they will help you. Yes. So community, I think is my number one. And then number two is get a lactation consultant, whether you think you need one or
0: not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Cause like that. you I probably do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. At some point. Well, And breastfeeding is such a learning curve. You know, you've never, mm-hmm. if it's your first baby, you've never breastfeed your baby's never breastfed either. Like it's never, yeah. you know, latched to a breast and, and had to transfer milk. So it is, and you, you get one, you know, if you deliver at the hospital, you get one for those like two days, but you, it really is important to establish with, with one. And a lot of times insurance will cover that too. So that's something to also definitely look into. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. And um, I, I, it, everyone's breastfeeding journey is different. And I think that's why lactation consultants are so great because right. they've seen everything. Yes. Um, And in my case, my mom and sister had both, bre- both breastfed. And so they thought they could help me because they both successfully did it, but they didn't have problems. Yes. So you know, they're consulting and they're helping and they're do this and do that, but it it wasn't working because I really needed professional advice from someone who had seen what I had experienced. Um, and it's, it's not genetics aren't always going to be the same, you know, everyone's not always going to be the same, even if you're in the same family. Right. Yes. Well, I love that. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Maddie, and thank you for sharing your story. Of course. It's been so fun. Um, and maybe after the next one comes, I can come back and talk yes. about that one.
0: <laughs> yes. I would love to have you back postpartum with your next to share your birth story. We'll both have little babes at that yes. <laughs> point.
1: <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of what the bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at what the bump CLT, check out our website, what Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on, and tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.